Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Time Sport on the Beat. I know you guys are used to listening to my teammates Fabian, Rajan, Jagjit and Ajit Pal, but today you'll be joining me Farah Azhari as we talk about Harimau Malaya's most recent performance at the King's Cup. Before I introduce my guests, for those who didn't kind of have the time to catch the game live in the first match of the Four Nation Invitation competition hosted by Thailand FA, Malaysia played the War Elephants and it ended in a one-all draw. So Malaysia progressed to the final when um, they won 5-3 on penalties. But in the final, Malaysia played Tajikistan, but we lost 0-3 in penalty shootouts after the match ended without any goals in regulation time. So now, joining me in the studio to offer his ever so insightful look into the world of football, this man needs no introduction in the media scene because he is very famously known to us as the loose cannon. I don't know how loose he is now, but anyway. <laughs> but for those who don't actually know him, his name is Riza Hashem. So he is a true product of the New Straits Times Press, having joined the company as a trainee of the third batch of the pre-editorial training scheme Pets in 1991. He spent a total of 17 years in the company, starting off as a trainee journalist at Haria Metro, before being absorbed as a Brita Harian journalist at the news desk and later the sports desk. After five years at Brita Harian, Riza was transferred to the Malay Mail sports desk in 1996 before leaving the company in 2008. On top of making a name as a broadcaster with Astro Arena, Rizal has been a juror of the Ballon d'Or, football's most prestigious award since 2010. And he was the special officer to the president of FA of Malaysia, FAM until recently. And, okay. Um, um, thank but you. I, yeah. I have to ask, uh, you have your own Wikipedia page or not for all of this? It's quite <laughs> impressive. <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe someone needs to write for me. Ah, okay. So, Th- how are you today? I'm, I'm okay. Thank you, Farah, for the f- very flattering <laughs> introduction. I, yeah, I have to take a sip of water after this. <laughs> Such a... I, I hope to be able to live up to expectation. Okay, so are you ready for the questions? <laughs> I hope so. All right, so let's do this. The first question is, how would you personally sum up Harimau Malaya's performance at the recent King's Cup? I would uh, summarize it by using one word, uh, creditable, creditable outing, creditable, yeah? To me, uh, those two matches uh, uh, were very important. Uh, for Kim Pangon's charges to uh, boost the FIFA rankings, yeah? Uh, they are standing in the FIFA rankings. The leadership, uh, the FAM uh, top leadership, might have expected uh, to come come back with the cup, you know, because uh, we've never won anything at senior level since 2010, uh, the AFF Cup. So um, the penalty uh, shootout defeat must maybe quite a disappointing outcome uh, overall. Okay, so you said the penalty was a disappointing outcome because my next question was going to be. What do you think actually went wrong and what went right in both matches? Let's start with uh, what actually went wrong. For the second match or for the first match? Both matches, both games. Um, I think the the players performed uh, very well, uh, quite well, exceptionally well uh, in the first match. And um, based on our past, uh, our previous uh, records against Thailand, we have always enjoyed a good run against them. Um, and uh, Kim Pangon has again demonstrated his ability to instill uh, discipline in the team. Uh, in that sense, um, uh, the, the only weakness was to me converting chances, uh, the chances in, into into goals. 
Um, and the second match for me, um, the rain definitely uh, affected the team's performance, and they could not play their typical match. You know, uh, match which is uh, based on possession football. So the likes of uh, Arif Aiman uh, would struggle on that kind of soggy pitch. Okay, so. Who did you feel was exceptional during both penalty shootouts? Oh well, of course Shihan, 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 Ahmad Shihan Hazmi. That's uh, obvious. I huh? think uh, it's uh, it's obvious, yeah. you know, and his name is uh, trending yeah. in in the social media, and and to me uh, his uh, performance uh, spells the end for Fariza Malias, I guess. So we can uh, safely say that um, the goalkeeper. A slot is safely in uh, Shihan's uh, hands. Wow, really? Yeah, yep. based okay. on the, uh, you remember his performance against Bangladesh yeah, in yeah. the Asian Cup uh, qualifiers, and uh, he has again proven uh, to be a trusted goalkeeper. Uh, and you know his um, his uh, what do you call? He has huge following in the social media. And but but the most important thing that he's able to. Uh, perform when expected. So definitely, Shihan is your national number one right now. At this point of time, yes. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> But having said that, you've already confirmed that basically Shihan is the uh, national number one. Let's talk about who you feel is no longer relevant to the national team and why. Farah, it's not up to me. It's up to the coach. You know. I know, but, I know. But, but we we would like to hear yeah. your opinion. Of but lo- looking at the way things, uh, uh, I mean. Based on last night's performance, uh, Sumari is struggling to stem his mark. Okay. You know, I guess uh, not being able to um, register the necessary playing minutes um, that's that's detrimental to his progress. Mm-hmm. Um, we have short memories, Farah. Of course, in 2019, he was one of the best performers for Malaysia, mm-hmm. scoring against the likes of Thailand and Indonesia uh, in the pre World Cup uh, preliminary rounds. Um, he add he added um, physical strength uh, in the strike force, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, not being able to play consistently. I think that's one of the biggest dilemma for one of the biggest dilemmas for Kim Pangon, uh, having to select players who do not have the necessary mileage in the in terms of playing minutes. So uh, I think one of those really affected by this uh, is Sumare. He's uh, not the Sumare that we know in 2019. Okay, because yeah. uh, we know that he got a lot of backlash yesterday, especially after his um, arguable challenge <laughs> yeah. on the that, Tajikistan that player. That is a red card, they say. Yeah? Uh, they say. Yeah, lah. The second they yellow say. card. Yeah. I didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. He was the only naturalized player that was actually called. Mm. We have other naturalized players. Mm-hmm. But do you think the whole naturalization thing should just be scrapped completely or... How? What do you? What are your thoughts? Well, um, I remember writing about this um, naturalization process in 2006 after meeting uh, an Iranian coach, Hashmat Mohajrani, who took uh, Iran to the World Cup in 1978. He's, he told me in an exclusive interview in a bus in a, during the Doha Asian Games. Okay. He told me um, in order to improve your ranking and your performance of the national team. Uh, is through uh, naturalization process is to take three African players oh, yes, okay. to bolster the team um, this was in 2006 mm-hmm. uh, because to me the team uh, had uh, been performing um, uh, we needed to go beyond the ASEAN region mm-hmm. you know at that point of time so when uh, Datuk Hamidin uh, was installed as the president on July 14, 2018 
um, among the first projects that he initiated uh, was this naturalization process mm-hmm. you know uh, because he wanted the team to at least qualify for the Asian Cup yep, in yep. 2023 because he wanted that uh, to be able to make that quantum leap the the team needed something extra so this was the whole idea so i guess um, but at that point of time only three players met the fifa eligibility rules that means one that player that particular individual must be uh, must have resided in that particular country for five years straight yep so only three players met that criteria that would be sumare Uh, whose naturalization process was initiated by Pahang FA. Yes. And then it was Liridon Krasnici and uh, Guilherme Di Paula. Krasnici and Di Paula were selected for the UAE trip for the uh, World Cup qualifiers in 2021 but they failed to play to expectation. And But Sumare in 2019, he was the only one selected because he was the only one eligible. Correct. Uh, and he performed uh, very well. He he scored against Thailand, he uh, against Indonesia, uh, and and he was uh, really uh, he added strength. He was uh-huh. a powerful addition to the to the strike force because we needed uh, someone who could carry the team uh, on physical terms. You know. Um, but then uh, for for me, uh, the idea was uh, noble. Because uh, all over the world, uh, teams are known to be uh, t- taking in naturalized players to to strengthen their teams. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's something that uh, is not only a trend; it's um, a requirement for me uh, in world football today. Um, I I don't think we should scrap the idea, but we must identify uh, the right talent at a younger age uh, to be able to be. I mean. Uh, to be identified by the uh, national coach okay. to play for the team. Yeah. All right. So, but aside from Sumari, who do you actually? Uh, is, is there any other names that you will come up with that you think does not belong in the national setup right now? Um, in that sense, I wouldn't want to question uh, Pangon's uh, selection. You know, because uh, we need to give him that trust. We need to give him the authority. After all, he was he came to Malaysia with good credentials, having been um, head of the technical department in uh, South Korean FA. Mm-hmm. He was in charge of the various uh, national teams. He was he worked closely with Paulo Bento. Um, that that means he was working for a, a nation or a federation that has been in the World Cup. You know, so he knows what's um, what's needed to 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 play at the highest level. So uh, to me, uh, players like uh, Kuzaimi PE, um, uh, he was previously selected years back, you yeah. know. But now he has performed uh, up to expectation. I think he was uh, one of uh, Pangon's uh, greatest discoveries um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this year. A real, a real good addition. Uh, but when it comes to uh, those who are not uh, relevant to the setup, I think we still need to give time for Pangon to finalize the team ahead of the AFF Cup in December. Okay. So having said that, uh, how long do you think that? How long do you think we should give Pangon before we can kind of start criticizing his choices or the, the style of play and such? Um, I think he, he's been uh, appointed to take us to the Asian Cup, and he has delivered in that sense. Um, maybe um, he can be judged by the performance in the AFF Cup ahead of the Asian Cup uh, finals in 2023. That will be the best time to gauge um, his uh, credentials as as a coach. We've given him time uh, in the Tri Nation series and the qualifiers. He has delivered. 
DFF Cup is really a stern test on his uh, uh, coaching ability because in Malaysia um, unlike South Korea we've been languishing in the doldrums for many years so he has been so accustomed to the high performance uh, in South Korea but for me he has earned enough uh, merit points to be given an A for now you okay. know but but I'm sure we uh, the fans uh, you know they, they, we have high expectation on our national team Harimau Melaya uh, the task now is to deliver the AFF Cup okay uh, having you basically analyzing what Kim Pangon is like um, on the field I want to know what he's like off the pitch because as a reporter <laughs> myself I would like to get to know him on a personal level okay. but we've actually haven't been given the opportunity to mm-hmm, do so mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. of course we would like to know because um, when we talk to the players uh, they always tell us like he's like their own personal abuji <laughs> which is like father in Korean yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so basically it's yeah. like that they say yeah. oh he treats us like a father and then he tells us that you know he has respect for us because he knows we're like somebody's boyfriend husband mm-hmm. son and mm-hmm. such so you having been in FAM itself and had the time to speak to him, what can you tell me about him? Not necessarily that I did have access to him all the time, you know, but I was uh, privy to a few conversations uh, between uh, Pangon and Datuk Amidin as mm-hmm. the president. Uh, to me, uh, you know, whoever becomes a coach, they must be able to manage uh, a human resource in a, uh, in according to today's trends. Okay. You know? And um, he's a father figure, he's a coach, he's a tactician, he's a mentor, all rolled into one. And to me, um, he's a re- really a nice chap, you know? mm-hmm. a very affable and, and willing to share a lot of information. You know, have, Having managed the likes of Paulo Bento uh, at, at uh, South Korea, you know? so, but he, he is humble enough to mm-hmm. be working closely with the rest of uh, you know, the staff at FAM. You must suggest to FM, you know, maybe you have an open media day uh, so that uh, Pangon is able to meet uh, every media, uh, including the, the TV channels, uh, all at the same time, and free to ask any questions, you know, uh, because I think uh, the biggest challenge, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not media shy, but he has learned his lesson in Korea that if one... Uh, he cannot be giving interviews all the time, but he has entertained questions in press conferences, in post-training uh, sessions. He has done that. He has done what is required of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for he, he's comfortable not being too close to the media because he knows that at the end of the day, the media can come back and kill him. Ah, you know, because okay. he's in the business long enough. Right. He has been in uh, Hong Kong. You know, uh, Hong Kong is very much similar to ours in terms of mm-hmm. football. Uh, footballing uh, governance and also the aspects of development and and I think um, personally I've also spoken and suggested to Pangon that you know some of our media friends are interested in having a, an exclusive interview but he said his response was very simple no the moment I respond to one particular organisation uh, 10 other organisations will complain that you know they, they're not getting the, the same uh, privilege so but that's why um, uh, maybe you can suggest to FM to have an open day 
okay. open uh, media day with Kim Pangon because everyone be, uh, the media has been uh, what do you call accorded this privilege of free access to the previous coaches True. the likes of Tan Cheng Ho yep. you can go and whatsapp him uh, mm-hmm. and he'll respond to you uh, Dola Saleh Datuk Ong Kim Si all are media friendly media savvy coaches yes. so I'm, I know I know the media are missing this this <laughs> this <laughs> access to Kim Pangon but yeah. in terms of from the point of view of the FAM um, this is maybe an opportunity for FAM to create content around Kim Pangon That means um, if I was still in FM, I would advise FM. That how you how do you control the narratives? Is through the media team. Okay. That means that means the media team must must come up with the content uh, involving or featuring uh, Kim Pangon. So that's I think that's what uh, the rest of the world are doing. Okay. You know the federations. Yep, you know yep. they speak they, they they interview the the chief coach and they come up with their own narratives. That's the best way forward. But uh, at, at to the to the detriment of the media lah. <laughs> yeah, I I I felt I felt that from the the moment the... you started speaking about it until now, <laughs> because there is a hole yes, there, you know yes, that's yes. that's usually filled by the national. Uh, but but eventually he has to give a free rein to the media. Maybe once he wins the AFF Cup. You know, in December, okay. uh, or or maybe after the Asian Cup, if 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 he is comfortable enough, mm-hmm. you know, to be facing this barrage of questions from the media. Okay, FAM, yeah. please take note from your former <laughs> staff. <laughs> do, okay. do not highlight that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we know when it comes to the national team, there's always speculations of uh, interference <laughs> from tangan gaib. Or invisible hands, as we call it. What is your take on this? Because you've been on both sides. Like you've been media. You've also been like yeah. at FAM. Yeah. So maybe both you want to share. Both sides of the fans. Yeah. Exactly. Today I choose to be a fan sitter. Alamak. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think um, it is unavoidable for FAM to be working with uh, uh, other stakeholders. You know, and and uh, you know when when the players do not belong to FAM. They belong to the clubs, you know. The owners or the board members, they are the ones paying the salaries of the players, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, if you, if you happen to have uh, maybe up to 20 players in the national team being called up, surely they need uh, uh, they need some sort of um, guarantee or insurance, you know, uh, to be able uh, to say that, oh, once they come back, they must be free of injuries, you know. So that's why I think FAM uh, not really in a dilemma, but they must uh, strike a compromise with the relevant stakeholders. Okay. You know, um, and t- because we have to give them the due respect. This is uh, actually a perennial issue. You know, there's always been a club versus country uh, issue. Even for the last, I mean, the last time we won the Kings Cup in '78, when Chow Kwai Lam was the coach. Yeah. Do you know that uh, nine Selangor players? Um, were uh, what they call were barred from going to Thailand, but six of them chose to go because the uh, Selangor at that point of time wanted to prepare for the uh, Malaysia Cup semi-finals. Mm-hmm. That was in '78. So, but un- until today, you know, maybe uh, play, uh, people are questioning why certain players are not in the team. You know, why uh, there are certain number of players in this and this uh, being called up. Why this particular two players are not selected. Um, but I, again, at the end of the day, we should give um, that space for the coach and FM to make that kind of decision. Because at the end of the day, they are the ones who be at the end of the, uh, the receiving end of criticism. Yep. Yeah. To me, to me, 
um, I'm placing the trust on Kim Panggon and FM now. Okay. Um, alright So last question from me For you today Like I said before You've uh, been on both sides of the fence Okay Is there anything That you can share with us mm. Any insider stories From FAM National uh, team FAM, And such uh, FAM, oh, no, Anything uh, you can disclose Or did you I, have I, to I, sign a waiver Before yes, you leave Yes I, I did sign a Non-disclosure <laughs> agreement Not to share Anything Sensitive you know? Okay Uh, but when it comes to Kim Pangon, I think this is a masterstroke decision by Datuk Amidin. It was his uh, decision, solely his decision, um, following the dismal performance in AFF Cup 2020, okay. which was held last year, yeah, yeah. Uh, which led to Tan Cheng Ho's resignation. Uh, we must give due credit to Tan Cheng Ho because he cultivated the right uh, philosophy yes. of possession, possession-based football in mm-hmm. 2018 to until his, you know, mm. uh, resignation. Um, but Um, ha- having said that Datuk Amidin realised that The team needed a jolt The team needed a different approach So he opted for um, Kim Pangon the, Actually the first Asian coach you know, To be to be helming the team mm-hmm. uh, Because we have never had an Asian coach yeah, Except yeah. for Chu Seng Kui in 1958 To 1962 This is so, a human Wikipedia of football <laughs> Malaysian football guys By the so, way So uh, I'm just sharing you know uh, uh, and and Kim Pangon to me uh, he has uh, he has delivered and he has uh, he made certain changes to the team mm-hmm. first of all he he created a high performance environment he okay. wanted the players to to feel very welcome and that they are being treated as true truly national professional players so he came up with uh, banting Uh, bantings with slogans and mot- motivational words okay. words of wisdom you know t- uh, trying to motivate the players mm-hmm. and he instills the nationalistic pride into the players and a sense of belonging uh, maybe this was what the players needed after four years under Tan Cheng Ho they want they have to have a different approach okay. so and and I think he he has managed uh, those perceived as troublemakers well one or two players he had personally bought uh, tickets for them to go back What really? Uh, yeah, be- oh. because they were they were you know they were not observing his rules and regulations you know okay. his his uh, code of ethics. Okay. But the, those two players cried. Apparently they cried and they they said okay they will change their their ways and and play for for the national team. That's how he manages things. So and and also uh, we have to give credit to the uh, FAM uh, top leadership because uh, they they have to go with. Or uh, whatever Kim Pangon wants, Mm-mm. you know. Never before uh, an uh, an uh, chief coach comes with a package of four or five his backroom coaches. staff, yeah, uh, back, backroom staff mm-hmm. with a performance analyst, with one uh, one um, assistant, one goalkeeper coach, coach, one fitness coach yep. with uh, good credentials. So uh, I think it's it's uh, prob- probably a, a good balance, and and that's where we can see the. The desired results mm-hmm. uh, so far. Okay, uh, I'm still stuck on the whole like the two players who cried, but because my journalistic instincts, I cannot wave that off. Can he na? Who? No. Of course not. <laughs> okay, okay, I try luck. <laughs> It was a small try on my part. Okay. Good attempt. Good attempt. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so thank you so much, Riza, for joining us today. Super insightful. And I hope our listeners learn something or I'm pretty sure you'll get follow-up questions from our media friends after this. <laughs> If Thank you listening. for inviting me. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. I thought, you know, 
the human Wikipedia of Malaysian football uh, no, should please. be invited. You know, even Wikipedia is full of, you know, mistakes. Yeah, because it's uh, edited by anyone. They are not truly factual. You true, know? true. <laughs> it can true, be edited by anyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. But thanks again for joining me in the studio. So that's basically all the time that we have for today. Thank you for listening to us at Timespot on the Beat. Tune in to this episode on Audio Plus, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Until next time, bye.